0: The name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Turned out a pair of novice antiquists antiquists, that's not the right word. <laughs> Those who search for antiques. No, that's not gonna it's just not gonna come off the tongue today. They were out looking for some treasures and they actually found some. Those in Connecticut uh, found a little bowl that was priced at $35 at a yard sale. They thought it looked rather unique, so they sent it off to have it evaluated and were quite surprised. The experts came back and said it was one of seven that was not in a museum, dating back to the 15th century in the Ming Dynasty, and it was valued at between $300,000 and $500,000. Quite an incredible find. The mystery, of course, was how in the world did it end up in New Haven, Connecticut at a yard sale? But it does make one wonder, so often um, we can miss the priceless gifts and the priceless things before us sometimes, not seeing uh, their true value, um, even when they're before us quite often. And this is just one such example. And this morning, I'd like for us to kind of dwell on that. The, the priceless gift that you are individually to the body of Christ, the gifts that you bring, and more broadly, the priceless and immeasurable gift of God's body, the church, and in this place that we call it here at St. Barnabas. So this morning, um, we're, we're looking at those things more granularly <laughs> after worship um, in our annual meeting. But this morning, I'd like for us to turn to the pages of Scripture in Matthew chapter 4 that we just heard read. Uh, Turn there either in your Bible or follow along on the screens um, as we reflect on that priceless gift of who we are and whose we are by virtue of our calling in Christ Jesus as we align ourselves more fully with His plans and purposes for us here at St. Barnabas, looking just briefly at what God did this past year and where he's calling us to do so more fully in the year to come so first in verse 12 gathering a little bit of context to jog your memory um, where this sits more broadly this is on the heels right of jesus baptism it's on the heels of where we've been the past few weeks um, seeing that john the baptist identifies who jesus is clearly in his plans and purposes as Jesus is revealed through the waters of baptism in that, and then we have this this transition story that begins Jesus' ministry, which is where we pick up here in verse twelve um, and it comes in transition with turmoil and even trial. We read right off the bat, of course that um, John has been arrested, um, there has to be a lot of pain and grief around that um, and As that takes place, we know what is coming. John ultimately loses his life um, as Jesus begins. And we see that that cycle, right, of laying down one's life for God's greater purposes in many ways kind of begin here. And so as Jesus begins his earthly ministry at this point in Matthew's account, it begins as he withdraws back to this region uh, of Galilee from where he's from. And more specifically, to the region of Capernaum by the sea, we read. And I think that's significant. Notice that everything Jesus does, lest we forget, um, is to press on, to press on in God's plans and purposes, down to every detail. Even in this withdrawal back to the land uh, from which he hails, so to speak, um, we see that even that act is pressing on and what God purposes even going on to the very extent that in going to that area in Capernaum by the sea, um, we see that that in itself fulfills Isaiah's prophecy, Um, that that from the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, that we would see that those who walk in a great darkness have seen a great light, as that is quoted from uh, Isaiah in verses 15 and 16. And then we see that as Jesus' first words, which we'll turn to in just a moment, in verse 17, he's pressing on in the very words that John himself, picking up, if you will, that herald of John himself uh, as he does so. I think this is significant for us to reflect on as we're kind of at this point um, in the year where we look back and look forward. And perhaps the first thing uh, to reflect on is to align with God's purposes or is truly to just press on to press on in what God has called us to do. So for us, you know, uh, any church worth her salt uh, has some variation on the Great Commission. Ours is to be disciples who make disciples of Jesus by coming under the love of Jesus, growing into Jesus' character, and then going out to do all that he taught and commanded. Uh, I want to point back last year, um, this past year in 2022, We wanted to do more in terms of mission and ministry and less in terms of facilities and maintenance and those sorts of things. That was one of our goals. And I want to share just two very brief stories about what God did um, through you and through this body that we call St. Barnabas. There on your right is Bishop David. Bishop David is the Bishop of Mandalay in Myanmar in Southeast Asia. You hear us pray for Myanmar every week. I found out last Sunday after church that um, our support of his diocese helped him fund and support his clergy. Now, if you've forgotten, um, the the broader media has, um, but we haven't in our prayers. Um, Myanmar, about a year and a half ago, was overthrown, the government was overthrown by a military coup. And when that happens, they kind of go dark. So the church um, is very cautious, but never forgets her place, never forgets her call to press on and the upward call of Christ Jesus. And so they've been doing that behind the scenes. I believe they've even birthed two new dioceses um, in the midst of, of the turmoil, um, as often is the case. Um, and, and so I want you to be encouraged that you had a hand in what God is doing there. On the left there is Bishop Paul from um, Sabea Diocese in Uganda, uh, we support uh, SOMA, sharing the ministries, a broad, short-term mission work that goes to the leadership of our uh, Anglican communion. Uh, one of those trips last year was to his diocese and to his clergy. On the heels of that, he said that SOMA's ministry has forever changed the course of my diocese. Thanks be to God for that. And you had a part in that. I want you to be encouraged because as we move forward this year and pressing on, we're not going to take on uh, drastically new roles or ideas or agendas or new things, but I think we're just going to hold the course. We're going to hold the course and continue to press on in mission and ministry in new ways. Um, Last year, we we took some big steps uh, toward our goal of trying to be a church that tithes off of her budget, just as we ask our membership to tithe the church Uh, should tithe and press things out beyond her walls. We made it about halfway there, um, and we're going to try to continue on that course in the year to come. But in order to do these things, in order to press on in ministry, in order to press on in these stories, in order to go to those places, in order um, to be the people God's called us to be, we must always begin, continue, and end with the reminder that we must always press in to Jesus. And that's Um, where our text takes us back in verse 17, if you turn there with me briefly. Jesus' first words in ministry are, Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn around, draw near, the kingdom of heaven is near to you. Proclaimed by the king, Jesus himself. And as he goes on his way, um, not only just heralding this, but inviting the first disciples and this call of the disciples therein, he invites them to press into that mission, that purpose, that place as well. And they do so, as we'll look in a moment, with immediacy and with urgency. And so should we. We should be people who press into Jesus with such immediacy and urgency, not just as a one-time commitment, but daily, weekly, weekly. Um, through the ho-hum and through the turmoil and the challenges of life. So last year, one of our major goals was how do we build out on this side of COVID um, discipleship structures towards that end to facilitate that. And one or two ways that we did that is looking at how we can press in collectively to Jesus. What can we do toward that end? Um I'm encouraged to share with you, you'll hear more of this, I won't get too granular, but um, we're, we're at 104 households now, in case you missed that later. Um, that, at least since I've been among you, means that that's a little north now, of about 44% growth over, over the past decade or so, which is encouraging. But more encouraging to me is the involvement of our adults in discipleship. We began to start new Bible study groups this year, um, and we have three groups meeting, and that's about, on average, 20 folks. Um, seven kids doesn't look like a lot, but we, we asked for new teachers. And I believe because of your involvement um, and, and others' involvement and in being in there with our little ones even right now, um, that that has bolstered their engagement. So um, that's one full room as it stands right now. Um, that's encouraging. But I think this year I'd like to see that double. I'd like to see those numbers double, not for the sake of just metrics. But um, what does that mean? That means two new small groups this year. Um, I know that not all of you live in Hazlitt. Uh, I know that not all of you uh, can, they're a great band up in Hazlitt from what I hear. Um, I know not all of you can come to a Bible study at nine here or stick around after at 11. Um, so let's find times at work. Would you open a dialogue with me? Would you send me, you know, I'm free on these days. I'd, I, I can't host it, but I'd be willing to help get that going. Um, could we find times? Because um, all of that, is predicated on the point that we must be in God's word, and we must be in prayer, and we must be in worship together. And the reason I throw up these numbers um, is also to point to, to a real reality, which is um, that at this size, even as, 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 as it is, um, that means that neither I nor these two in collars can keep up with the entire membership. 104 households is about 250 people here. We can't keep up with what's going on in everyone's lives. But the beauty of it is that as you're in Bible studies together, you can keep us apprised of the things that we miss. How can we care for one another? How can we pray for one another? Hey, Father, hey, Deacon John, did you know that so-and-so might need uh, prayer, might need a, a helping hand here? So if we keep each other apprised, we can continue to press in together and uphold one another toward that end. And then, of course, it's not just about getting the mission right. It's not just about us, but we know that it far exceeds that, just as Scripture reminds us back in verse 19. As Jesus calls the disciples to follow him, Matthew doesn't always use immediately in the way that Mark does. Mark's every transition, if you know that gospel, is almost always immediately. And the next thing you know, and the next thing you know, Matthew doesn't always do that. So when he does, there's, there's a sense of, of urgency he wants us to capture. And this immediacy that, that is in verse 21, and then again in 22, should show us the urgency to respond to Jesus' call. And in each case, um, we think about that. Um, In the midst of whatever is going on in their lives, in the midst of their rhythms and routines, even at least in James and John's uh, instance, in the midst of their dad being in the boat, they they respond and they respond quickly. Um, I think that's something for us to reflect on, that as we bring ourselves with um, priority into Jesus' presence, into worship, into prayer, into fellowship, um, when we do that, it instills in us a sense of priority that will be seen through us as we go out. Um, and that's really kind of the last thing to reflect upon this morning. Namely, um, not just to remember that we are to press on in the upward call of Christ Jesus um, and to press in as we do so into Jesus' midst, but lastly, that we're called to press out. Um, It always is about going out beyond the walls. Several years ago, we began to pray about what does that look like um, in our area. Lord, where do you want us to put our hand to the till, to use that uh, expression in Scripture? And the Lord highlighted for us a program that's been around, but we hadn't really joined in with, um, called Good News Club, that you heard a little bit about last week. You'll hear a tiny bit more about from Miss Susan, who's been helping us uh, kind of coordinate, quarterback that um, this past year or so. We've been meeting <clears throat> uh, for about seven weeks on average. Um, in the fall and the spring over at Friendship Elementary across the street. And um, what began as just kind of getting to know each other has blossomed into a wonderful relationship. Just this past week, the principal emailed us um, and invited us to their open house in March where different events and clubs, whether they're scouts or whatnot, are there. Um, That's a huge opportunity. They even asked us if we'd be willing to partner with them um, at Trunk or Treat at their school and some other things throughout the course of the year. Um, I hope we'll seize that. Again, uh, my hope is we've got five folks pretty readily involved here. Uh, It shouldn't be a hard bar to to cross over, to double that. Um, Maybe you can't be there every uh, time that they're there during the school in the afternoon, but you can help out. That's what those cards are about. You hear more about it. Um, maybe you could pray for the kids or write them a note of encouragement that we could slip in their backpacks home. Maybe you want to help us make some little goodie bags that we hand out um, next month at Valentine's Day. Or maybe you could come for one event um, for an open house um, just to get to know our neighbors a bit more. Um, Or we're called to be present in that way. Um, And if you've been around me long enough, I I think that's just the beginning point. I think we could press out even beyond that. Um, I've thought, wouldn't it be kind of cool if the school where we met when we got our start was one where we returned to bring Good News Club to them as a second offering, perhaps in the course of the year. God's got great things always in store, but um, we must always press into him to hear about those things. We must always um, press onward and not grow weary, and press onward as we do so to enroll others. Sometimes we just miss, um, and we may not feel like We know where our value is. But let me tell you, the body of Christ only functions fully when each and every member therein um, is involved in some way. No task is too small, no task is too great. And it's my prayer that um, we'll look at ways we can do so together this year. Um, And that as we do so, we encourage and spur one another on toward that end. And that as Jesus reminds us in the beginning of his earthly ministry, which fits at the beginning of a new year, so to speak, for us. That we would join with him, with Jesus, in that effort um, to press on in the upward call of Christ Jesus toward that end, to press into him as we do, to be spurred on and out beyond these walls toward the end, so that every name, um, every household, every um, man, woman, and child would know that the only name which gives them purpose, which gives them fulfillment, which gives them healing, is the name that you know that's on your lips, hopefully not just when you're in these walls, but out beyond them. The name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. To him be honor and glory, both now and forever. Amen.